0: You're listening to a podcast from Bayside Church International. Put your hands together for Leanne. Good morning and thank you. First of all, we're in church, so I really think the most important thing to talk about right now are roller coasters. Who likes roller coasters? Have you noticed that there is an amazing roller coaster painted on the wall in our kids' rooms out there? It is so, so good. Do you remember the Mad Mouse from the Adelaide show? Yeah? I've ridden and I've even enjoyed, can you believe it, plenty of roller coasters. Roller coasters where you sit. They're your standard. Roller coasters where you hang. They're my favourite. There are roller coasters I've been on, aptly named the Superman roller coaster, and you lay face down. So, of course, you have to have your hands out in front. You're flying like Superman. I've even been on a roller coaster where you stood the whole ride as it went around. Uh, That was really unusual. I don't like the roller coasters with that tauntingly slow incline. You know, you just hear that... And you just, you just know, you just know you're going up, you're going up, you're going up. And then what happens is that scary steep drop. Okay, they're not the ones I like. don't like those at all. I don't like the steep drop. But there are also roller coasters where you sit kind of in the station and then they propel you like a rocket. And that means you're going to go upside down, you're going to go loops, you're going to go round and round. They are my favourites. They're the ones I like. And I guess I should be truthful, let's just say that used to be the case and maybe, maybe not quite so much anymore. Now, I hope you know where I'm going with this. Why are we talking about roller coasters in church? I suggest sometimes life can be like a roller coaster. If I could do Forrest Gump, I'd say a box of chocolates, but I can't, we're going with roller coasters. Sometimes life can be like a roller coaster. And if we make that comparison, I suggest there's been more white-knuckled hanging on and less yee hands in the air, yeah? Many of you would know that my brother-in-law Des has been critically ill this year. And with his permission, I'm gonna share most of, uh, pardon me, I'm going to base most of what I share this morning around our experience with him. Since initial victory, we've been confounded, as Des has just required, repeated readmissions to church. Just like on a roller coaster, there have been, pardon me, what did I say? <laughs> Gee, I, okay, I claim that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> That would be really really good. Robin, you threw me. I was winking at you, all excited to see you there. (laughs) Thank you for listening. There have been times of Des just needing to be checked back into hospital, checked back into hospital, checked back into hospital. Just like on the roller coaster, we've had times of our hands in the air. Praise you, Jesus. Des is out of hospital and then he's back in hospital and we're just clinging to that safety harness going, God, eyes closed. So through this time, my husband Alex and I have been aware of God speaking. And you can see Speak on the slide. It's actually the next little mini-series we're doing here in Bayside. We have been aware of God speaking in an amazing variety of ways as we, along with many others, and I need to stress, with many Others have been praying life, life, life for Des. So this morning I'm going to cover three things. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be exciting. And it's going to be practical. So very bold claims. you have to see how I go. It's going to be interesting as I share some of the ways we heard God speaking to us about Dez. It's going to be exciting ...as we let the word speak to us and we're going to discover a safety harness in scripture. And then it's going to be practical as we close with a song... ...that's going to help you access and secure that safety harness. So God speaks. We speak. We speak with words vocally. Some speak through sign language, lip reading... So, we speak to communicate, but it's not always audible. There are times when silence conveys the meaning better than words ever could. There are times when uh, physical contact will speak more clearly than words. Physical contact, whether that's a hug, whether that's a punch, (laughs) speaks more clearly than words. Sometimes action speaks more loudly than words. We speak to communicate and we do it in more ways than just with words. So too when the Lord speaks. God speaks in a multitude of ways. He speaks through his word. He speaks through other believers, visions, dreams, pictures that we might have. What about through his spirit? Of course, absolutely. I would say when I, when I hear, isn't it funny, I hear down here, I don't hear up here when it's Holy Spirit. When I hear down here, I, I liken it that I've thought or I've considered something and I actually know, I didn't think that myself. I've got to kind of unpack the thought that just came to me. What about coincidences? Can God speak to us through coincidences? I'm going to show you some ways this morning that he has. Natural circumstances. God will speak to us through natural circumstances. And again, I have an example of that this morning. So God speaks. How well do we hear? Now, before we've started our speak series, the last three weeks we've talked about listening. So if you're not sure how well you listen, you might want to revisit those messages. Obviously, I can't say how much I haven't heard Obviously, but it is my experience that God can nag. How good is that? So, God speaks, we speak, angels speak, demons speak. If you've been following along in our chronological Bible reading plan with weekly YouTube uh, tutorials, shameless plug, you would have recently read in the book of Numbers of a donkey speaking. Now that seems really strange but I'm sure if you've got pets you would say they speak to you. You know what they want, they communicate, they make their needs made very very clear. Prince Charles reportedly speaks to plants. Moses was instructed to speak to a rock. Again that's in the book of Numbers. So whilst I have us considering um, the more unusual, it's a good time for me to explain, perhaps, another way God speaks to me and that is through numbers. And I don't mean the book in the Bible, I mean literally when I see them on a clock. Now very hand in hand with my talking numbers of course are coincidences because for the meaning to be there it can't be a minute earlier, it can't be a minute later, it has to be exactly those numbers on the clock And wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, I just know God is speaking to me. So having established that, let's just get along with this interesting part. Des, if you remember, he's my brother-in-law. He returned from an overseas holiday and a few weeks later was finding it increasingly difficult to breathe such that in the space of 48 hours, he went from hospital to actually being in ICU and on life support. Alex's parents had been called to the hospital overnight and in the morning, the rest of the family, the brothers were called in as well because things weren't looking good for Des. When I got in the car, I noticed the time on the clock was 10.10, which actually made me laugh at God's persistence because for the previous few days, he had been like bombarding me, nagging me with ten ten. It just cropped up in my world so many times. And I realized as I saw it on the clock that he had been preparing me to hear him so I could partner with him, with his will, for this situation about Dez. Ten ten on my car clock reminded me of a scripture which had been my favourite for so many years. It was actually my personalised number plate on the car. See, it refers to John 10.10, where it says, a thief comes only to rob, kill and destroy, but I came, Jesus speaking. I came so everyone would have life and have it fully. Now, this stirred in me a great confidence to pray and proclaim, Des would not die from this illness he would live a full life without disability and without restriction. As we catch up with the family at hospital, the assurance from John 10.10, it has just taken over our emotions. So, we listen to the family who have very real fears that this could be the end for Des. We have this assurance. We hug the family, we listen to the family and we just keep saying, Des is going to be all right. Des is going to be all right. When we're able to see Des, he's in an induced coma in um, ICU. He's on paralysis drugs to keep him very still. He has a ventilator which isn't giving him any good whatsoever. It's just providing a pressure in his lungs to keep them open and he's attached to an ECMO circuit machine. I hope you don't know what one of those is. An ECMO circuit machine operates as your lungs outside of your body. So all of Des's blood was going through the machine, it takes out the CO2, it oxygenates it, it puts the blood back in. So we pray over Des and Alex gets a picture. Now if you remember, this is one of the ways that God will speak to us with a picture. And Alex sees a smallish dark door with a dome top and he just knows in his spirit that's the door to death. But then he sees two angels come and stand guard in front of that door and he knows Des cannot pass through. He is not going to die from this illness. We are so, so encouraged. We rejoin the family and we just keep telling them, Des is going to be all right. Des is going to be all right. That same day, the doctor called a family meeting. and Myself and some others that were here, we were recording uh, these doctors' meetings. And uh, this is what he had, in part, this is what he had to tell us. Des is really sick and they don't know why. It's made abundantly clear without the ECMO machine doing the work of his lungs. Des would die. And that's not a paraphrase. I actually had no idea doctors could be so blunt, but they many times told us Des could die. It's important that we understand they've done everything. The doctors have done everything they can to keep him alive, but they're not confident it's going to be enough. So we're struck by the gravity of the situation, it really was so serious, but we're immune to it, which sounds a kind of heartless thing to say, but we had these assurances from God within us that Des was going to be okay. So we just do our best to encourage the family, but what they've just heard a doctor tell them is ringing a lot more loudly in their ears. You see, circumstances can be the bait to fear. And fear is not knowing what Jesus will do. I'm going to come back to that several times this morning, but I like it so much I'm saying it again right now. Circumstances can be the bait to fear. And fear is not knowing what Jesus will do. Now amongst this church family, we're putting out prayer requests. And a trusted friend believes it's a sticky demon which Holy Spirit immediately reveals is hopelessness it was some weeks later we learned details which actually confirmed this definitively yay God again we met with the doctor another family conference and this time they said Des is stable and doing really well on the ECMO machine yet we're not to lose sight of the fact he is the sickest person in South Australia. It's not a claim to fame you want. So far the test results were of no help but they're continuing to take samples and run tests. It's a mystery to them. They don't understand how Des is otherwise well. This problem is contained to his lungs. There are eight specialists in various fields pooling and combining their knowledge and experience as their research includes the World Health, pardon me, the World Health Organisation and Centre for Disease Control. They explain that whatever it is, it's causing significant tissue destruction to his lungs and it's not being stopped or slowed by all the medications that they're giving Des. The more they emphasised they didn't know what it was and it was such a mystery to them the more convinced Alex and I were that this really could have a supernatural or spiritual reason behind it so when we're able to pray over Des we expel hopelessness and in the moment also mischief and witchcraft now don't be too put off mischief was concealing truth and contrary to the will of God and witchcraft in this instance was actually manipulation and uh, interestingly two others also suggested witchcraft in the following days we prayerfully prayerfully fill Des with hope and life we take every opportunity to tell the family Des is going to be alright but generally speaking they don't know Jesus and they're not convinced one time another of Alex's brothers re- um, replied to this encouragement I was giving and he just looked at me and he said I know what you're saying and I felt like a really exposed Christian <laughs> and uh, it kind of hit me the importance of this hope that we were extending and I actually then doubted my presumption it really shook me. So that night, I didn't sleep so well. I was a little overcome by the situation at last, and uh, just that we were being so bold with the family it shook me. But I glanced at my bedside clock, and it was 5:35, and I was immediately unreservedly and humbly encouraged again. Well, wouldn't you be at 5.35? (laughs) Let me tell you why. 5.35, 5.35 are the last three digits of our phone number. And as I realised that, it was like the Lord said to me, Leanne, I've got your number, I'm on this. How about that? On our next visit, we're stuck behind a truck for the longest, longest time. Alex is never stuck behind trucks, he's never stuck behind cars. Believe me, there's always a way to get around, but not this time. We were stuck behind this truck for the longest time. And so I'm thinking, this is really strange. So I looked at the truck, which was right in front of us. There wasn't too many other places to look. And the sign writing on the back of the truck said, persistence overcomes resistance. And I thought, I'll take that. So I write it down and I was just encouraged by the Lord that we're to keep telling the family that Des will be all right. And every time we can pray with Des, we're just to keep filling him and praying over him life and hope. So God used a natural circumstance to talk to us. There really, really was a truck. And we really, really were stuck behind it. Would you believe until I wrote it down, until I wrote that encouragement down and then Alex got around it. You see, God speaks through car clock inspired scripture, John 10.10, Alex seeing an angelically guarded door, a trusted friend leading us in specific prayer strategy, Holy Spirit revealing things, an early morning bedside clock time that just coincidentally matches our phone number. All of these examples are very unique to the experience our family was going through. But this most recent example with the truck, that's a good one for anyone any day of the week. Persistence overcomes resistance. So don't give up. Persistence overcomes resistance. Back in the day, we used to say, delay is not denial. Persistence overcomes resistance. During this visit, Holy Spirit prompts Alex to pray that Des will be the spearhead of recovery for the room that he was in that all that happened to be in that ICU room after him will also know recovery. And since you can't be the spearhead of recovery without also recovering, we're encouraged again that Des will be all right. We maintain our confession of what we're hearing God speak to us. Now, just one week from when Des first attended hospital, that night as I slept... Had occasion to look at my bedside clock. Uh, if we have the visual, please. It was twelve fifty-one, and it is important that you see it in clock font. Everybody, please meet my bedside clock showing. Okay, recreated. This is one I, I what I prepared ahead of time for your convenience. This is what twelve fifty-one in the morning looks like. And as I saw that on the clock, I thought, "Here, yeah, right. That's random." Um, and you know went to turn over and as I turned over, I realised it's mirror imaged, it's mirror imaged and as soon as I realised that I knew without a shadow of a doubt that Des had experienced a turnaround and was getting better now. So in the morning I told Alex my clock spoke to me last night. At 12.51, Des turned the corner. He's getting better now. Just a side, because you're just, you're just listening so well. You're encouraging me. I have a little um, concern now about being, you know, in the prayer line. It's like, you come to me, I might just have to say, let me go home and sleep on it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see, okay? Okay. Um, I was so confident. Later, I looked up mirror imaged and it means reversed in the direction. So I pray healthy regeneration and wholeness to manifest in Dez's lungs. I was in the city for an appointment and visited Dez same day. And I recognised a doctor looking into Dez's room and he notices they're managing to get more air into Des with the ventilator. Another of Alex's brothers visits that same day and he reports the lung x-ray shows some improvement. Wow. Over the next two weeks, Des comes off the ECMO machine, out of the coma, and progresses to a general ward room, breathing just fine, all by himself. Another week and he's allowed home. Now he is significantly lighter in weight and muscle tone but he is poised to pick up his life where it had stopped just just a short month earlier. God speaks and as he had spoken to us so it came to pass. The doctors never determined a diagnosis for what had Des so sick and they were never able to pinpoint which of all their treatments made him turn around with fully functioning lungs. Now I'm sharing this miraculous healing and bragging on God to every audience I can get and a lot of you here actually know this story up to this point. Remember we are on a roller coaster and a trusted friend advises we're not out of the woods yet and less than a week later, Des is back in hospital, troubling to breathe again. He's initially diagnosed with blood clots on the lungs, but when they clear, he's still not able to breathe properly. Again, he's declared a medical mystery, and he's moved backwards and forwards between the regular room and ICU, as the medications that are meant to bring him relief don't work. Alex and I are a bit knocked. It's really embarrassing to brag on God about a miraculous healing and then have Des back in hospital. Like really, it's just rude. (laughs) I say it how I see it. (laughs) It's during this time I holiday overseas for two and a half weeks and whilst the spirit isn't hindered by physical distance, I feel away from the action. The few updates I get about Des are faith-battering rather than faith-building. Because you remember, circumstances can be the bait to fear, and fear is not knowing what Jesus will do. Our trusted friend messaged a scripture with the reference 23.1, which doesn't seem to apply, but she believes I'll understand something from it. So we have a visual for that too. Thanks, Pete. Chapter 23, verse 1. Took me a while to think what that might mean. I believe it means the cart before the horse. Normally you see one, two, three going in order, yeah? This is chapter 23, verse 1. 23 and 1. I believe it means the cart before the horse. So I seek God as to what are we doing in the wrong order, how have we put the cart before the horse and I realise I've let the circumstances dominate my thoughts and fashion my prayers such that I'm trying to push God to do something whereas originally I was following God in my prayers. He was telling me what was going to happen next and I was agreeing in prayer. I went from pushing. Instead, I should have been following. I'd put the cart before the horse. So if initially we'd been following God and it had gone so well, I just thought, well, let's go back to some of those encouragements. Let's revisit them. And I had just the faith-stirring revelation. God hasn't changed in the last month. In the absence of him saying anything new John 10:10 still applies persistence still overcomes resistance so i was fired up so i messaged alex you go i'm overseas he's back here so i messaged him god hasn't changed in the last month having done all we stand we stand against unbelief fear despair and we stand steadfastly resolutely on solid foundation firmly anchored in hope, faith, belief and peace. We stand shoulders back, head high, eye on the desired result and we praise and worship from a position of confidence and love. Now how was that for a stirring pep talk to come on your phone via SMS? Well, roller coaster. Des, meanwhile, is still deteriorating. And again, it's that horrid situation where the family are called to hospital because he's critical. He's unable to exhale um, sufficient CO2 such that his heart stops. And he is resuscitated, put in an induced coma, on life support. But the doctors tell the family they don't think it will be enough. And if his heart stops again, it will be the end. Alex reaches out to this family for prayer support. And when the rest of his family leave the hospital, decides to stay with Des in ICU, which he actually did for three nights. That seemed to give his family more comfort than all the times we'd said to them, Des will be all right, Des will be all right. You see, remember, sometimes action speaks louder than words. And it was a great time for Alex because he had opportunity to saturate Des in prayer and worship music. This time was so intense I have since heard other family members declare it a miraculous recovery that he did not die at this time so Alex picks me up from the airport we go straight to the hospital to pray together over Des Des is still in ICU still in the coma still on life support and as always we just impart hope and life into Des speaking over him God's goodness And great love for him personally. The doctors have family sign permission for um, an exploratory look the next day during which they discover a membrane has been blocking his airways. So Des had effectively been suffocating from the inside. They clear it away and Des returns to normal. He's kept in hospital for another week so they can have another look and yet again Des is released to go home. Roller coaster. The membrane blocking Des's airways kept reforming, such that he was transferred to a Melbourne hospital. He was watched and examined for over three weeks. They just kept thinking this membrane would stop growing, but it didn't. So they watched him for over three weeks and then decided to put him on the transplant recipient list just four days later he had his new lungs that's quick hey that's quick now Des is still in Melbourne and generally speaking he's recovering well Alex and I went over to visit Friday which um, had me tickled pink because yet again I can still confirm we are never behind a truck or a car it just doesn't happen (laughs) all the way to Melbourne and all the way back again. Oh, yeah, the only time we're behind traffic is when I'm driving. <laughs> See, life can take us by surprise yeah? and not measure up to our ideals, but God is never surprised. He is faithful, reliable, and so worthy of our trust. Des ensured his eternal well-being when he received this truth for himself. Before leaving Adelaide, maybe the biggest testimony of this whole experience. Now, maybe I've kept saying roller coaster, roller coaster. Maybe this has been something like this, resonates with you, a bit like a roller coaster. In addition to hearing God speak and direct us in a variety of ways, I've mentioned quite a few times how we reached out to this family, this um, family of believers you don't underestimate the power and the comfort that it is to have beneficial people on your ride you don't have to do it alone it makes a difference and that is why it is our privilege to offer prayer ministry every week you do not have to be alone reach out don't isolate yourselves so hopefully you found that interesting because we're going to move on now to exciting it's not going to take quite as long When you're on a roller coaster, you want a good safety harness. I've been known to not ride a roller coaster if I don't think the safety harness looks good enough. Very important. So the second thing this morning was to let the Word speak to us and discover a safety harness in Scripture. So we're in exciting. I want you to engage your thinking hats. Are you ready? Do you need longer? (laughs) Engage your thinking hats, okay? I've got a familiar scripture. Many of you will know it. It's from Hebrews 4. Thank you. We will have it up. It's a familiar scripture, but maybe you haven't noticed the safety harness before. We're reading from Hebrews 4, verses 14 through to 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize in our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. How do we approach? Think about it. What are the directions to approach God's throne of grace? Whilst the translators have used the word approach in this context, the original Greek figuratively allows the word worship. So how do we approach God's throne? We worship him. Now there are many ways to worship. Personally, I find it really easy with music whether that's listening to music or singing along. And if you think about it, I'm sure when you engage in worship, you feel closer to God. Now it makes sense. You've approached him. Verse 16 is a personal favourite because it says we can approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Some translations say boldly. It's something I've had to learn it's not saying that we approach arrogantly. It's not saying that we approach as a peer able to offer God advice. No, no, no. We're invited to approach with confidence and without shame in our time of need. We can be completely assured as his sons and daughters will be received and accepted. How good is that? So this time reading it, however, I was really struck and intrigued by the word help. We find grace to help us. What does this help look like? So again, I went to the original Greek and... In this verse, it's only two verses in the New Testament, in this verse, in this context, help means this. It's specifically a rope or chain for frapping a vessel. Yes, you heard me say frapping in church. Frapping, F-R-A-P-P-I-N-G, frapping. It is specifically a rope or chain for frapping a vessel a vessel. Now, unless you're a boaty, I'm thinking you're very thankful I went to Dr. Google. The Sea Talk, nautical dictionary, who knew there was such a one, hey? Thank you, Google. It tells us that frapping is rope or cable bindings used to strengthen or reinforce parts that are under great strain. Ancient ships sometimes used frapping called helps which is what began this journey of discovery. Ancient ships sometimes used frapping called helps running under the hull from the shroud chain planks plates to keep the planking from opening under great strain. Sounds like a safety harness to me, yeah? These helps keep the planking from opening. What happens to a ship if the hull planking opens? Well, it fills up with what's outside and sinks. We can confidently worship our way to his throne, receive mercy and find grace to help us to keep the outside turbulence outside, keep us afloat, and right way up. Oftentimes, if we talk about chains in church, we're talking about bondage, and the need to break free, absolutely. Bondage is the restrictive, bondage is the restrictive state Of being a slave and we want you free bindings on the other hand bring reinforcement strength and protection so again think think of a book binding I'm glad you're here today thinking about books is not an analogy that's going to work forever is it (laughs) but today think about a book binding what does it do The binding holds the pages of the book together. The help we can access from God's throne of grace holds us together and ensures we don't fall apart during rough times. Sometimes we surround ourselves with a barrier to protect ourselves. We hide behind a wall. The trouble with these walls is they often isolate us and keep us still. We tend to bunker down like an immovable fortress. Solitary confinement is a punishment in the prison system, so why would we do that to ourselves? We shouldn't. Ships were frapped in rough or treacherous waters to increase the likelihood of reaching safe haven. So too for us, this worship-accessed, God-provided help keeps us moving forward. Not stationary, not going under, but keeps us moving forward through our troubles. His worship access grace to help strengthens us emotionally it can cradle a hurting heart and his help strengthens us to endure and strengthens us to proclaim his faithfulness with confidence and resolve now my third and final thing to cover this morning was practical and we will shortly close with a song to help access and now secure this safety harness we've just found through this time, with Des's health fluctuating between critical and well, critical and critical down. critical and well, critical and well. There was one song in particular which just kept coming back to my remembrance, and every time I heard it, it just had me at his throne, oh, supported and strengthened again within seconds. As I shifted my focus from the reports I was hearing, and instead, just fix them on all I know to be true about Jesus, the Son of God. Every time my faith was just recharged, recharged, recharged. Are you on the roller coaster? Are you hiding behind a barrier you've made yourself? Use this song to, wel- um, to approach his welcoming throne. Receive his mercy and find grace to help you be supported and strengthened. Des took control of his eternal well-being when he received the sacrifice of Jesus' death and power of his resurrection personally. Jake said it before, God has chosen you. He's done everything he can that you would enter into a relationship with him. He has chosen you. Now it's up to you whether or not you choose him. If it's not a decision you've made, I just invite you to reconsider. If the musos could please come up. The song we sang it earlier, it's called No Longer Slaves. It's by Bethel Music. And for the last time, just let me remind you, Circumstances can be the bait to fear. And fear is not knowing what Jesus will do. This song repeats, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. The confidence that comes from knowing we're his loved and acceptable. You know, we're not only accepted, we're also acceptable. The confidence that comes from knowing we are his loved and acceptable acceptable sons and daughters equips us to boldly approach his throne of grace. We receive mercy and we find grace to help us in our time of need. This grace specifically strengthens and reinforces the parts of us that are under great strain and opposition so that we are optimised to reach safe haven last group of people are you in a great place i couldn't be happier for you just enjoy this song and worship god because he's worthy this has been a podcast from bayside church international thanks for listening